Cause I got a really big team And they need some really big rings They need some really nice things Better be coming with no strings Better be coming with Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Savage Process Podcast I am the host, because there is nobody else on this, baby uh, Levi's Surface, you can follow me at Twitter at the Levi's Surf. Uh, so today we're going to start off with Trevor's story. Rockies are just getting underway, so not a lot to report here so far. Uh, bottom of the first, 0-0. Rockies are half a game out of first place in the division, so I'll be keeping a close eye on it. Uh, I know you guys won't because it's football season, so let's get after it. I do want to touch on a personal thing here. Um, as some of you may know, uh, I'm a big-time Raiders fan. And over the weekend, unless you've been living under a rock, number 52, Khalil Mack, was traded to the Bears. And I probably jinxed it last week saying how I had a soft spot for the Bears. So if I did, uh, yeah, that's on me. But I have a feeling that that was in place long before yours truly talked about the Bears. So Khalil Mack, uh, I get it. I hate the idea of a guy that's a uh, generational player that we would just trade. Something deep down tells me he didn't want to be there to start with. You know, I read uh, I read probably uh, too much on Twitter. and spend a lot of time on social media, you know, just reading articles and listening to pressers. And Khalil Mack, just, in my opinion, did not even want to be there. The report is, is that the Raiders... Offered him $20 million. He wanted 23 I think that you find a way to make that happen, whether you're 52 or whether you're the Raiders. I just felt that they were just never going to come to an agreement. And I'm not trying to defend John Gruden. Uh, anybody that's talked to me knows that I love John Gruden. One of my favorite coaches, if not my favorite coach of all time. I'm glad he's a Raider again. I'm glad he's back with the silver and black. But I don't know if I can really defend him on this one. Um you just don't get rid of a guy like that. Yeah, you're you're going to be loaded up, and yeah, Khalil Mack wanted a lot of money, and yeah, I don't think he wanted to be there to start with, but you're just not going to get another guy like that. And in my opinion, yeah, we've got the two first-rounders from the Bears for the next two years. Why the hell we threw in a second-round pick? I don't know. Maybe it's because we're nice. They were, uh, they were generous enough to give us two first picks. I don't know what or why we even gave him a second-round pick. And, I mean, it's in 2020, so it's not like it happens next year, but I don't even know why we threw in a second-round pick. Anyways, we did, and uh, Cleo Mack is no longer a Raider, but the Raiders are one of the few teams, I believe, probably in the history of sports that have a coach that's bigger than the team. And I don't know. I, I guess I'm an old-school guy. I always thought the coaches should make more of the players. That way the players would maybe possibly respect them a little bit more, and you wouldn't – you wouldn't see, you know, outlandish behavior of fighting and stuff like that. I'm not even including the kneeling thing because that's a different topic for another day. But just fighting in the locker room and guys thinking they're holier than thou and showing up late for team meetings and it goes on and on and on. So I guess I part of me thinks like, yeah, the coach should be the highest paid guy. But have you ever been to a game to see a coach? I never have. Um, not that I wouldn't go to see specifically John Gruden, but there's a handful. I'd pay to see Bobby Knight, I suppose, in his prime. As uh, much as it pains me to say it, uh, I'd go to see Bill Belichick. I'd definitely go see Greg Popovich, um, Coach K from Duke. I, you know, so there's a handful of guys I'd pay to go see just to coach. But at the end of the day, you're you're out there to see your favorite player. You're out there to see your favorite team do well. And I don't know if the Raiders are going to do that well anymore this year. Not that they were going to set the world on fire, but I finished 
figured they'd finish seven and nine. Now we're looking at what six and ten, four and twelve. I don't know what we're gonna do. Um, even at seven and nine, probably not in the playoffs anyways. So at this point, what is four and twelve, right? Only thing is, you gotta show up to work the next day, and everybody's gonna give you the oh, how about them Raiders? You know, you guys all know how that goes. You've always got the one guy that acts like you never saw the game. And you're like, well, what happened? Well, yeah, of course I watched the game. Yeah, of course I know what happened. Yeah, I know the Raiders traded Khalil Mack. But, yeah, it's, it's a, it was a sad day on Saturday. September uh, is going to be a wild one for yours truly. It started off started off with a bang. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, hey, we're going we're gonna to move on. Uh, the Raiders will be all right. Maybe never in my lifetime again, but they'll be all right. They'll move on. A lot of cap space they cleaned up. And you can't give that. You know, you, you should be able to get that in. I should back up here. Let me just tell you that good for Cleo Mack for getting his. I'm not blaming Cleo Mack. I would never blame a player for getting theirs. I wish the Raiders would have done a little bit more, but I don't know if there's any more to do. They, I'm assuming they tried as best as they could, and if Cleo Mack didn't want to be there and it was a difference of $3 million, well, at the end of the day, you know, that's I guess it, it's, a, it's a business, probably the worst business model in professional sports, but it is a business. So, Anyways, if you have any questions on Khalil Mack, most of you that listen to this uh, know how to get a hold of me, so please do. I'll, uh, I'll clarify it. But, yeah, Khalil Mack's a bear, and I don't know, fantasy-wise, does that help or hurt the Bears' defense? Obviously, it hurts the Raiders a little bit, but you weren't drafting the Raiders. Doubt you were even drafting the Bears. Maybe you are now with Khalil Mack being there. And they weren't – you know, the Bears weren't a bad defense in uh, 2017 either. I read that they finished top eight. Obviously, I'm out of touch with – defense and special teams because I just don't care it's completely random and yeah well if you've got Jacksonville well good for you who cares um, I, I don't go into why I select a particular defense and or kicker in my drafts it just doesn't make any sense to do that and I'm I waste your time enough with Trevor Story and my Cleo Macran so yeah I won't be discussing uh, kickers and defense not that uh, we really need to drafts are pretty much in the books for all you guys I did my final one I think uh, yesterday afternoon we used a software called FanDraft, and I'm familiar with FanDraft. If you're if you're at a live draft, there isn't a better software system than FanDraft. However, if you are online, FanDraft is a complete and utter joke. Um, look, I don't need a cheat sheet. I I pretty much know who I want. I don't need that. I don't need a pre-ranking of players from Yahoo or ESPN or whatever you guys subscribe to. FanDraft doesn't have that, so I guess there's a little bit of an advantage for me there because I pretty much got the player pool narrowed down to I know who's going to do what or I, who I think is going to do what, and I don't need ADP rankings from ESPN and Yahoo. So that's that's a plus for me, but if you're inexperienced and a casual player, I guess um, you know FanDraft will not have a pre-ranking. They'll just have a list of guys, and yeah, there's probably some ranking to it, but it's not a very good list because guys I was getting late in that draft just – surprise the living hell out of me i think i got carlos hyde a 16 round draft i got carlos hyde i want to say in like round 12 or 13 this is a starting running back yeah it's the browns this is a starting running back for a semi-pro team i would call them at this point actually they're going to be just fine but uh yeah carlos hyde in the i think it was the 12th and the 16 round draft is pretty goddamn phenomenal in my opinion but fan draft as far as the online software is hot trash do not uh if you're drafting you're drafting from home with fan draft do your best to make it live it, it was a mistake to even uh draft online these guys never drafted with them before probably nice dudes um 
I'm not going to drive 100 miles to draft. I have a hard enough time getting across the street for a fantasy football draft, let alone 100 miles. But if you know you do have the fan draft software, definitely go to a fan draft in person. Do not do one online. Anyways, enough about fan draft. I think I've gave them enough plug for right now. It's not good, but hey, you know what they say. Any kind of plug is a good plug. So, um, so I guess I was just kind of going through my drafts a little bit here and deciding, you know, what uh, who do I have a lot of? And maybe some of you care, maybe some of you don't, but a guy that I have just maybe too much exposure to and I'm either going to look really brilliant or I'm going to end up cutting him, but it was Anthony Miller for the Bears. Anthony Miller... He's been kind of my sleeper pick. He's been my Kamara, my Kareem Hunt. Although Kareem Hunt kind of rose at the top last year, but um, he's been Anthony Miller has been my guy that I've been kind of just. I have him everywhere. I think I have 100% shares of him. But the thing is, I've been getting him late, where most of these guys are trying to figure out. You know, does Dan Bailey still have a job? I'm grabbing guys like John Ross and Michael Gallup and um, uh, my boy uh, Anthony Miller. So I've got a lot of Anthony Miller. I recommend that if he's out there might be worth a look for you guys what's it gonna hurt you're picking him up as a free agent some you know running back situation becomes a little bit more clear we really don't know the running back situation in green bay outside of you know the suspension early on but um you know if that shakes out a little bit maybe anthony miller's a guy that you first drop i don't know but he was one guy that i i had a lot of um another guy that i found myself getting a lot of and i just mentioned him is john ross he's been going super late to me, I've got a ton of John Ross. Um, I just feel that the Bengals' offense is going to be better this year. Um, I don't, you know, especially with the no tackling policy in the NFL. There's not really one, but if you've watched any games, you know what I mean. But with, you know, the no tackling policy in the NFL, you're going to see a lot of a lot of offense. And John Ross, people kind of forgot about him. He got hurt last year, but you know, he he was an Al Davis prototype kind of guy. Could run a, I think he ran like a four-two-three forty, which is you know, just a little bit faster than me. So so one of us, you know, gets to go to the pros. The other of us is making podcasts from our parents' basement. Whatever, John Ross. I guess that's you. But he, he's a guy that I've got a ton of. Uh, my running backs have kind of been all over the board. I, ha- I never, I think I did five drafts or six drafts and never had the first overall pick, never had the second overall pick. I think the highest I picked was maybe fourth or fifth. And, of course, as I told you guys last week, Saquon Barkley was my guy. I, I took him there. Yesterday, the last draft I did, I drafted six. So Saquon went before me at five, which I kind of expected he would do. I was hopeful he'd get to six. I was hoping somebody would take, you know, Antonio Brown. Uh, David Johnson went right away, of course. And, you know, the usual suspects, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, and then, of course, Saquon went five. I don't know what order those guys went in, but they were all off the board. Um, so I ended up taking Antonio Brown at the sixth spot. I don't know. I don't love it simply because the running backs have just just been so popular. Um, however, I don't – I ended up getting – I actually ended up having an okay running back by committee there. I ended up getting um, – uh, who did I get? I think I got, well, I know I got Carlos Hyde and I got Jordan Wilkins at the end. I've been getting that guy, just a ton of everywhere. The other guy that I, the other guy that I got in that draft uh, was Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard's a guy that we talked about last week. I think the bears are going to have one of the greatest offenses. I shouldn't say greatest. They're going to have a damn good offense um, this year. And I, I really think that's because of Matt Nagy. Like we talked last week. Matt Nagy was the OC from the Chiefs when Kareem Hunt went uh, wild last year. So the 
the Bears, in my opinion, are going to be a good offense to have shares of. I'm pretty invested in it. Anthony Miller everywhere, a couple sprinkles of Jordan Howard. So I'm invested in that Bears offense. And I've never been a big Allen Robinson guy. The Bears do have Allen Robinson. He's never done it for me. Uh, I don't know, just a personal preference, I suppose. He never really could stay healthy. Never really trusted Blake Borles. Don't know if I trust Trubisky that much. We haven't really seen a lot out of Trubisky, but hey, here we are. We've got Anthony Miller. We've got Jordan Howard, so I'm going to roll with him. I overdrafted probably Jordan Howard a little bit, but I, I don't care. He's just a guy that I, I think that is going to do well this year. Yeah, there's been talk about him not being a three-down back. There's talks about him being in there and three-down. Quite frankly, I don't care. I think the Bears are going to rely on their defense just like we talked with the Rams. And once they're ahead, they're not running little Tariq Cohen small ass out there. They're going to run it with Jordan Howard. So I really don't mind having a lot of shares of Jordan Howard. Um, the one guy that I've kind of been passing on, unless I already own him on in one of my auction leagues I own, I own him. I own him in a in a deep keeper league, and that that's Alvin Kamara. Um, I really just don't love it, and I don't know if it was just the two running backs. And yeah, I get it. Mark Ingram is gone for four games, so it's going to be all Alvin Kamara. They the uh, Saints did sign Mike Gillisley from the Patriots, so it might be worth watching. The biggest question I have is. Does Kamara let go of that job if and when Ingram or when Ingram comes back? Do they maybe take the ball out of his hands depending on how they used him four weeks? I just I'm very, very skittish on Alvin Kamara in general. Now most of you guys have already drafted. There's probably not many drafts left. If I'm sitting there at six and I was yesterday, I had a chance at Kamara and I pass on him on I pass on him for Antonio Brown. Now granted, it's a half point PPR. So that helps me, but Kamara catches the ball as well as anybody. Um, I think Antonio Brown at the end of the day ends up with more touchdowns than Kamara. But I just, I just felt Antonio Brown, you know, was was the play there. Yeah, touchdowns are king. So if I feel that Antonio Brown's going to get more touchdowns, of course, why wouldn't I draft him there? So I did take Kamara at, um, or I'm sorry, I did take Antonio Brown at six and left Kamara on the board. Kamara went to pick after me, so I'm sure that owner's super jack. But I just have a I have I have my feelings on that this year, and I just don't think that he's going to be as good as he was last year. Last year, he was phenomenal. Uh, he broke my heart as he got hurt in the playoffs. But what do you do? Uh, most of those guys, most of those guys uh, are going to be out there every down, and injuries are part of the NFL. So you either got to deal with it or just be deep in your bench and be ready to roll. Which is why you got to make the decision as where do you want to draft Mark Ingram if you are a Kamara owner? Do you want to draft him in the sixth round if he's there? Do you want to draft him in the fifth round? He stuck around in every draft I did because people were just scared of the unknown. They know that he's out four games, but they people are, can't really fall to 0-4. Me, I'm with you. I hate falling to 0-4, but if I figure if I can go 2-2 two two or even 1-3 in that stand, that that time frame, I'm good enough where I, I can I should be able to weather the storm. Now, you're, there's no way you drafted Ingram as your only back. I would hope um, if you did, you better you better have yourself a Jordan Wilkins or a guy like uh, oh I don't know uh, one of the Packers backs Jones or Jamal Williams because if you don't have a if you don't have a stud running back, I think you're going to be behind it a little bit here and. I just about did to myself, but I do consider Jordan Howard a stud, so I kind of did dodge that bullet. 
Anyways, back to Alvin Kamara. His his numbers last year were kind of in, kind of incredible, as far as you know what he was able to do. And they ran with two running backs, so you just kind of wonder: Are they going to go back to that at some point? Is Kamara going to be the true workhorse back for the first four weeks? I don't know. I don't feel he is. So I'm a little bit skittish drafting him. At, I was a little bit skittish at least yesterday drafting him at six. I'd rather have the sure thing in Antonio Brown, but but of course last year Antonio Brown got hurt in the playoffs too, as you all remember. But anyways, New Year. Okay, I did kind of want to look at the Roto World news and notes, so we're going to take a short break here, and then we'll finish up with the next uh, 15 to 16 minutes. When we come back, we're going to take a look at Roto World notes and uh, some guys that have named starters, some running backs, some quarterbacks. And then, of course, the Le'Veon Bell saga. We all got drama. The saga continues. Be right back. Okay, and we are back with the Savage Process podcast. We just want you to know that we don't have a sponsor. We might never, but hey, who cares? So we uh, left talking about Rotor World news and notes. Rotor World is all right. The thing is, if you're not on Twitter, you are losing in every single league. So find yourself a Twitter name. Make one up if you have to, but get on Twitter. Lots of good information, especially this time of year with everything going on. All right. I did want to touch a little bit about the Le'Veon Bell situation. Now, this dude's been going one or two or maybe three or four in all your drafts and all the things I read today. Dude is not going to sign his deal. Probably won't be ready for week one. So who knows if he'll be ready for week one? I guess we find out. A lot of questions about Le'Veon Bell. What is, was he going to be there? Is he ready to go? Is he is he going to be the man? How What kind of shape is he going to be in? Remember, it took him a little bit of time to get going last year. Uh, who's the guy to own? Well, the guy to own right now in that backfield is James Conner. If he's on your waiver wire, I suggest you go get him right now because this guy is going to take over for uh, Le'Veon Bell probably as early as next year. They're going to run Le'Veon Bell into the ground and let it go buck wild as far as carries and catches and they're just going to beat the heck out of this guy he obviously doesn't want to be in Pittsburgh any more than Khalil Mack wanted to be in Oakland so we want to make sure that we've got James Conner probably the biggest handcuff to own outside of Kelly from the Rams so Le'Veon Bell I don't know what to tell you guys he probably isn't going to play week one and if he is what kind of shape is he going to be in as far as DFS purposes that makes me happier than a pig in shit uh, reason being is because James Conner is going to be dirt cheap, and if he gets the workload we think he's going to get, it's going to be a really good day for James Conner. Um, so be very careful. Make sure you understand the Le'Veon Bell situation. They're probably not going to trade him at this point, but hey, nobody thought Cleo Mack would be traded a week before the season starts, too. I digress. Anyways, make sure that you're watching the news when it comes to Le'Veon Bell on Sunday. Don't know what's going to happen with that, but... Uh, Word on the street is it's not looking so hot. All right, Roto World news and notes. Uh, They start off with Justin Jackson. The Chargers waived him to make room for Antonio Gates. That's right, boys and girls. Old Man River is back with the Chargers for one more season. I actually like the Chargers offense this year. Does it hurt Mike Williams? Yes, no, I don't think so. I think Mike Williams is a dude, and uh, Tyrell Williams, as we'll get to here in a minute, has uh, returned to practice on Monday. He missed two weeks with the injury Tyrell Williams did, so never really threatened his week one status. Sounds like he's going to be ready to go. However, I uh, I do like Mike Williams in that offense um, better than I do Tyrell Williams. But right now, when the season starts on Sunday, 
Tyrell Williams will be the second receiver for the Chargers. Moving on, a little blurb about Deontay Thompson, wide receiver to the Cowboys. Uh, who really cares? If you have shares of the Cowboys, you're going to be in for a long season anyways. I don't even know if there's anybody on that offense I want, and that even includes Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know, man. If the offensive line is as banged up as they say it's going to be, I'm pretty sure I'm out on Ezekiel Elliott. I don't have any shares of him anyways, not even in any best ball format. So Ezekiel Elliott uh, just completely out on Dallas's offense. You know, we talked about last week offenses that were out on, you know, the Bills, the Jets, Seahawks, uh, Cardinals are probably out on. Pretty much anybody in the AFC South not named Deshaun Watson or uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Cowboys are another team you can add to that list. Don't do not do it, man. I mean, I get it. Michael Gallup, they're going to be playing from behind. But I would not invest a lot of time or energy into that offense, and that even includes Ezekiel Elliott. Um, we're going to get to some starting quarterbacks, probably guys you haven't drafted. So, um, you know, you probably all went out of your way to – overdrafted QB I know I did on a couple occasions but there's just something about that chomo mustache on Aaron Rodgers that I just gotta have right anyways the Jets named Sam Darnold QB for this or starter for the Jets we're not really surprised they talked him up quite a bit and they did trade Teddy two gloves to the Saints to be Drew Brees' backup so Sam Darnold's gonna be giving the reins to the Jets offense. Uh, good luck to you, buddy. Um, if he doesn't break in half by about week eight, I'd be surprised. Sounds like Josh McCown's going to back him up. Uh, we all kind of figured that. But is there anybody that looks more like Dolph Lundgren from the He-Man fame or from Rocky fame than Josh McCown? I think every time I see Josh McCown, he reminds me of Dolph Lundgren. Um, Bryce Butler visited the Raiders on Monday. Big deal. The Raiders did sign Brandon LaFell, which would be great if they ever got rid of Seth Roberts, who... My opinion, hey, probably a super nice guy, but I'm tired of watching that guy drop the drop the ball. Um, him and Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, man, they last year they made my head explode. They could never make a play when they need to on second and eight. It could ran for days, and that's how coaches get fired, friends. Uh, not that I recommend Jack Del Rio, but if you're not going to catch the ball, guess who gets fired? The coaches, not the player. So, so, and then we'll get to the next piece of news here. This is a rather big one. LaShawn McCoy, once again, a guy that I just never drafted and probably because I was scared about the whole domestic abuse crap and all that stuff. It's a good thing this guy didn't smoke pot. He would be out of the NFL for the rest of his life. But, you know, beat a few chicks. Hey, whatever. You can play as long as you'd like. I actually don't know what happened. I shouldn't even be saying that. But it doesn't look good for LaShawn McCoy anyways. But he is eligible to play on Sunday, um, which is kind of wild. But, um, you know, just... Getting back to it, it says McCoy remains involved in an open investigation stemming from a July home invasion, in which his ex-girlfriend allegedly was injured. Uh, for the time being, he'll be he'll avoid being placed on the commissioner ex- exemplus, and he'll be able to play against the Ravens. Not Ravens aren't a team you exactly want to target, anyways. But uh, LaShawn McCoy is eligible to play. Um, enough on him. In my uh, personal effects aside, another guy I loved during the preseason, I loved this guy at Oregon, was Royce Freeman. He's going to start on top of the Broncos' depth chart on Sunday. This is the dude to have, man. Um, I, he's another guy drafted yesterday that was just hanging around for whatever reason. So I got him, I think, in the fifth or sixth round of that draft. But once again, no default rankings for fan drafts. So people were, were lost and overdrafting when they had to. But So it sounds like it's going to be Royce Freeman. Then Devontae Booker will follow his lead. And Philip Lindsay is going to be the three back. Philip Lindsay had a decent preseason. Got a guy to keep an eye on if some of these Broncos running backs go down. Um, 
Probably not much to note here outside of Royce Freeman's going to start. I think we've all we all kind of knew that all year long. Uh, the next guy on the news list, Antonio Brown, had a quad. He returned to practice on Monday. Yeah, we were never really worried. Uh, he still still a dude, still the best receiver in the NFL. Um, although if Julio Jones had a coach that actually gave a shit, I would I would make the argument. Uh, next on here, we're not going to talk about Jermaine Gresham's old ass. Uh, we got Jarek McKinnon. Over the weekend, Jarek McKinnon tore his ACL. Has there been a guy that has, I don't know if it's bad luck, bad trainers, or just a guy that I've never been interested in, uh, no matter how far he can jump and, you know, how how fast he can run. And I don't care if this guy could swim across the Pacific Ocean. He, I just never, ever had any shares of Jarek McKinnon, and this is exactly why. He was already dinged up in preseason. Now he tore his ACL. I don't like to see anybody get hurt, but um, he's out for the season. Alfred Morris, of all people, remains to open the season as the number one back. Uh, Matt Breda is likely to be the backup. Well, I don't know. I guess I don't see these guys every day, but I prefer Matt Breda over uh, Alfred Morris if they're on your waiver wire. Uh, Alfred Morris, I mean, yeah, he's... I guess I've always been under the assumption that if you can get three yards of carry every single time you touch the ball, eventually you're going to find yourself in the box, right? I mean, you'd have to go for it on fourth down, but if you're getting three yards of carry, eventually it's going to work out to you. Um, Alfred Morris is that guy. Alfred Morris will get you three yards when you need six, and when you need two, he'll get you three. He's, he's definitely that guy, which is why I like Matt Bright. A little bit more explosiveness there with Matt Bright, but... Are you really involved in the 49ers rushing attack? Yeah, they had a great year. I shouldn't say they had a great year. They finished off with a great year with Jimmy GQ and their their backfield. And you know, we all know we all know the stories with uh, Pierre Garcon and how he kind of emerged a little bit, and Marquise Goodwin how he emerged. But I just don't like the backfield here. Never really did. Uh, once I heard they got McKinnon, it, I just was out. I'm always out on McKinnon. I don't think I've ever picked him up maybe for daily. I did. Anyways, my opinion, uh, they're going to probably roll with Morris on the week one, but I, if the guy that I want on that team is Matt Breida. Next guy we want to talk about is Brashard Perryman, who was a first-round pick with the Ravens a couple years ago, uh, never really got it going, was kind of hurt. They actually cut him, so he visited with the Giants and the Bills. Um, okay, I get it. I don't know where he's going to fit in with the, the damn Giants. That offense is loaded, in my opinion, but... Good luck to you, Brashard Perryman. Probably not a name you need to know. Uh, Jay Ajayi returned to practice on Monday. He's kind of another guy that seems like he's always nicked up just a little bit to drive you crazy, but uh, he's going to be ready to go on Sunday. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, Nick Foles was named the starting lineup or starter this week. Any of you guys that felt that Carson Wentz was going to play week one, you're nuts. I don't I don't know, man. That guy... Uh, Killed his knee, and I don't know if he's going to be back. He'll be back at some point this year, but I can't imagine that they're in a hurry to rush him out. But uh, Nick Foles is going to start, and you kind of wonder when that magical mystery ride is going to end. Well, it's going to end this year at some point. I don't know. There was not a luckier or hotter team for a four-game stretch in the playoffs last year than the Eagles, and God bless them. I'm glad they won it. Um, But at the end of the day, it just was, in my opinion, complete luck. Guy got hot at the right time. You think about the Minneapolis miracle, you know, do they do they have a better shot playing the Vikings than the Saints? I don't know. But uh, they didn't have to face the Saints. 
who probably aren't equipped to play on the road much anymore than the Vikings are. But anyways, that was last year, and I just don't – I'm not invested in the Eagles quarterbacks. A couple more news and notes here that I did want to touch on was uh, Saquon Barkley said he's ready for full workload. I was hoping that the injury would kind of scare people away from his draft stock, but it clearly didn't. But anyways, as we all suspected, he's ready to go. And one guy of note that you may want to keep an eye on is Melvin Gordon. And it sounds like Melvin Gordon is kind of dinged up, but he's going to be ready to go. And Melvin Gordon's another guy out of the Jarek McKinnon mold that if he can go, he's awesome. But we're constantly waiting to see what happens with this guy. Constantly waiting to see if he's dinged up. Constantly waiting to see if he's on the injury report. And he plays a late game. So I got to make sure that he's either in there or out there, depending on your lineup settings. Melvin Gordon's another guy that I just will not draft. And it's, it's because of that. Not that I don't think he's a great player and everything like that. I just won't draft him because I never know from week to week what to, what I'm getting from this guy. Um, other other news and notes, so we're going to wrap it up here. We talked about um, Brandon LaFell. Oh, the other, the other note here that is pretty awesome that is a guy that's probably still out there for you is uh, Antonio Callaway. Now, according to the Browns, that's right, the Cleveland Browns, who are more dysfunctional than the Raiders, uh, Antonio Callaway is going to play opposite uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, Josh Gordon is going to play, but Callaway is going to get the start. I would guess that Gordon's going to get more action than Callaway, but if you want a guy that's probably on your waiver wire that nobody's really thinking about because of Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry, it's it's Antonio Callaway. Now, once again, he is he got caught smoking weed, so he could be out for a while here, but just a name to keep an eye on. Um, so let's uh, let's shut this down. What do we learn? We learned that I'm not as butthurt about Khalil Mack as I thought I would be. All your drafts should be in the bag. We learned that I'm kind of skittish on Alvin Kamara, so just kind of keep an eye on the situation. I'm not saying get rid of him and it's time to panic, but just uh, keep a watch on Alvin Kamara. Maybe take a look at Mike Gillisley. Make sure that you, you know, you've got a solid plan in place in the first four weeks here if things don't go so well for Kamara. Um, we talked about my shares of the Bears, which all the Cleo Mac stuff aside I had before that. So anyways, that about wraps it up for today. If you've got any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter or send me a text if you've got my number. If you don't have my number, I'm not giving it to you, so too bad. But, uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter at that at the Levi Surf and uh, enjoy, enjoy it, man. It's, it's, it's week one, Thursday night football, two or three days away depending on when you listen to us. Hell, it could be tomorrow, depending on when you listen to us. It could be today. Anyways, this is the Savage Process Podcast. Once again, at the Levi Surf, I am out. I got a really big team, and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings.